2: I like to put her in the old vice. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With
4: Rami.
0: All right, let's actually just, we'll just bring this to the show here real quick. Uh-oh. What happened to Judd? I know Judd lost clubhouse access today down in Fort Myers. Did he also just lose all access Did to Hammond Stadium? Might have. Did we lose Judd access? Not hearing him. Why don't you shoot Judd a text? He's not the most technologically savvy guy. Do we know that he's connected? <laughs> oh, no.
1: Uh, if he's, I, I can't hear him. I'll send him a text.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm going to wait. We're going to wait this out. We do have a lot of Viking stuff to get into here. Uh, A theme throughout the day on Score North has been the absolute bombshell of speculation that came from the top rope on Get Up this morning from Diana Rossini. We will play that clip for the afternoon crowd here if you're hopping in your car and you haven't heard it yet. Uh, Diana Rossini must have been listening to some of these like the Jeremy Fowlers of the world. And some of the other reckless speculators and said, you know what? I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to come jumping (laughs) off the top rope today. And it's going to be glorious. Uh, We also have, there's just more coronavirus related things that pertain to the sports world. Awesome to get into. This is gonna be a really fun six weeks, isn't it? I mean <laughs> Oh man. Every day six there's weeks gonna, it's gonna be gonna developments. Go longer than that. Yeah, what makes you think this will be over in six weeks? And yeah, I mean I think I think the next six weeks are just gonna be like I mean, unless worse it really every is, day and then we'll see what happens. Unless it really is all over in six weeks, guys. But we'll get like all of it's all, all over? over. Just all over. None it of took this, a dark turn. None of this matters. Is that where you're at mentally with this right <laughs> no. now? No, no, I'm kidding. Come on. In six weeks, you will be. <laughs> In six weeks. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Uh, but while we, while we try to get Judd from Fort Myers and give us an update, Jonathan, whenever you can, let's play this clip. If you missed it earlier, this is from Get Up, which by the way, like ever since Mike Greenberg came on our show six weeks ago or whenever it was, and we had fun with the reckless speculation sounder, he basically has turned that show into just listen. Does anyone have any harebrained theories about trade calling the, the show reckless speculation? The whole show. Just steal the branding, steal the everything. Reckless
2: speculation.
0: This is from Get Up This Morning.
4: I I think there's another quarterback that's going to be on the market soon that the 49ers are going to to want to take a look at, and he's in Minnesota right now. I think we all know the history between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. This is something that's been going on for years. I've never seen somebody want a quarterback as bad as Kyle Shanahan has, and and it was a deal that almost happened, too. uh, Kirk Cousins almost wound up with Kyle in San Francisco. It did not, Uh, and I I think they're waiting for that deal to to, to wrap up, maybe even a trade. We don't know if that that could actually happen, but these are things that are on the table.
2: Reckless speculation. So
0: that was amazing. Congratulations, Diana Rossini, for jumping Jumping into the reckless speculation game. So she is not just throwing this stuff around, I don't think, without some base level of behind-the-scenes information. And there are so many tentacles off of this. How much of it, like tentacle number one is how much of it was sourced and people telling her these things versus how much of it is her just sort of I don't know. There's like 20% truth, and I'm going to throw the rest out there because we're having fun on Get Up. Uh, but the other part of it too, Rami, is there's an insinuation that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are potentially more interested in Kirk Cousins than perhaps either Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that part of it? That Kyle Shanahan is in basically in love from a football standpoint
5: with Kirk Cousins. And there's, I mean, there's a track record there to, to indicate that. You heard her talking about it, the fact that, They were really, really close to getting him in a San Francisco 49ers uniform after hiring Kyle Shanahan, and later that year, after he went back to the Redskins, on, I think it was the Redskins, on the last year of uh, the franchise tag that that they put on him, they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo midseason, and that kind of put an end to all that talk, and then it came down to the Vikings and the Jets when he actually did hit the free agent market. But I don't think it's even a secret around the NFL that Kyle Shanahan has been trying to get his hands on Kirk Cousins to get him in his system as his quarterback since the two parted ways when they were both with Washington. So I think it it absolutely makes sense that they'd have that interest, whether they're interested enough to make a deal this offseason in a trade or just wait it out and see if they can get it done with one more year under Jimmy Garoppolo and then cross that bridge should they come to it. I don't know, but I think it makes sense that there would be some
0: interest there. Yeah, it is fascinating the dance that the 49ers are clearly trying to navigate here in that they just blew a double-digit lead in the Super Bowl with like six minutes to go. And, so, and
5: by the way, Kyle Shanahan clearly lost faith in, in his quarterback in the playoffs. It started in the Vikings game. He threw the ball three times in the second half of that game against yeah. the Vikings. I think he threw it 12 times in the sixth quarters from halftime of that Vikings game through the NFC Championship. I mean, he completely
0: lost faith in his quarterback at the most important time in an NFL season. Yeah, and like all these little things that are coming out, If put it this way. If the San Francisco 49ers were all in on Jimmy Garoppolo still, you wouldn't be hearing buzz about Tom Brady. You wouldn't be hearing buzz about Kirk Cousins now from from Get Up This Morning. So, I think, I think you're right. They clearly looked at going into the playoffs. They clearly looked at Jimmy Garoppolo as, all right, this is a guy that you got to put some training wheels on him. Doesn't mean he can't get better in the future. And then to have that kind of a lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and to not win it, it doesn't all fall on your quarterback. But does that happen to Tom Brady with six minutes to go in the Super Bowl or whatever, 10 minutes to go? Probably not. So I, it's very, very clear that the 49ers are back-channeling and trying to be as discreet as they possibly can be. But it's very clear that they are not in love with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. And so part number two to this, and by the way, I think we have Judd now in Fort Myers. Judd Zolget, are you down there?
3: Hey, boys, what's going what's on? Happening? Sorry about that. Hey, I just had to reconnect, had to disconnect, reconnect, you know, all, all that good technical stuff that I'm so good at.
0: You are great. You are one of the great technical minds of, I, of score that's that's I say. unbelievable the work I that's do. That's so so We'll get to Judd's twins talker of the day here a little bit later. But, uh, but we play, I know that you discussed this earlier in the day on Ventline, so we did play the Diana Russini, Kirk Cousins to the 49ers speculation. And my second question to you guys, and Judd can jump in here too, there's an insinuation from Diana that a trade, she kind of throws out like the trade thing at the end. She is a credible reporter with great sources who break stories. She's not just on a whim on national TV floating, I mean, like, could a trade happen? That is information that she has been given to some extent. And so, are you guys buying, like, to what level are you guys buying the fact that she threw out the word trade? To what level are you guys buying 49ers and Vikings maybe kicking the tires on something here?
3: Think about the teams involved. I'm almost buying in completely. Because if you think about this, this is so Vikings. And we know for a fact, and in fact, Doogie was talking about this at the outset of Score North Live. So Diana Rossini covered Shanahan and Cousins in Washington yeah. prior to getting her national gig. So we know that Shanahan, all of that stuff, is, it's been documented how much he loves Cousins. And as I said on Line, so if you put all the stew together, right, let's throw it all together. Doesn't this make perfect sense To if Cousins is like, uh, you know, uh, contract extension, guys, I'm not sure. And if you're the Vikings, you immediately say, you're cheating, aren't you? You're cheating on us. And Cousins <laughs> says, yeah, you, yeah, I stepped out. I'm sorry. I love Kyle. Doesn't it make sense now? given how, how much cap room you would save for 2020 and how small the cap ramifications coming back on you for a trade would be, if Kyle Shanahan wants Kirk Cousins that bad to just make it happen now, I, I, am, I know it's reckless speculation and I know it seems really weird, but we've all been around and seen enough Vikings weirdness to know that in some weird way this makes so much sense. And let's, let's cut to the chase. I mean, Phil, I think you've been politicking for or talking about this for weeks now. I think you're right. I think this ends in the driveway of a guy named Tom Brady. Wow. Wow. Ah!
2: Reckless speculation. Yes. just went
0: right there, didn't oh,
3: he? wait, yes! Wait, but wait, wait. I got one final point that I brought up on Ventline, and here's why I think it ends up in in Tom and Giselle's driveway. Because right now, as far as we know, and there's no reason not to put this out there— If it's been done, as far as we know, the GM and coach are being allowed to go into their last year of their contract, right? So, so you've got two basically dead men walking with ownership saying, "Hey, you got to show us a lot more. You got to show us something." All right. So, if let's say let's say we are uh, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and George Payton, and we're talking right now, us three, private room about this, and we're like, boys, we're gonna get blown out here. It is. Are either of you going to look at me and be like, yeah, but we got Kirk? Or would you rather say, yeah, we're going to trade Kirk, pivot off Kirk, and we are going to roll the dice back to the Farvinian 2009 season and see what happens?
0: And that and the Farvinian season of 2009 is what makes all of this possible. This would all be... Completely, this is consistent out there, and like (laughs) this is the Vikings, man. This is the type of stuff they do. But but let me add something to what Judge just said. So you know, these guys are looking at their you know their lame duck contracts, and hey, you got to put up or shut up in 2020, or it's easy to move on from the GM, the coach, etc. I think I think I want to say that Mike Zimmer's contract probably would have been extended by now, but we'll, we'll find out in the coming weeks. So if you're looking around at your different options at quarterback and you've decided, all right, we, we need we need to do something drastic here. We need to do something big. Don't you think you would have back-channeled the Tom Brady thing and at least have been made... You've, you, you've at least kicked the tires enough on that front with Tom Brady's people to know that, hey, if you can clear the money for him, he would show up. I don't think you would be having these discussions about Kirk Cousins and moving off of him in the San Francisco potential landing spot if you haven't already kicked the tires on what you could get for Kirk Cousins being gone if that makes sense. Like I I think this is all this is all a very delicate dance between 49ers and Patriots for sure. And we're trying to figure out how involved if at all are the Vikings in some of these discussions. And a couple weeks ago I would have said not even close. But now we've had two different two different credible NFL reporters have said like there's some there's some things brewing here with a mystery team and with maybe Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan having a love love for each other. This is fascinating.
5: I don't know if this is all ending up in in Tom Brady's driveway, as Judd Zolgad put it, but as I said, I think it was yesterday here on this very show, if you're the Vikings entering the last year of Kirk Cousins' contract and entering this particular offseason with the class of quarterbacks that are available via free agency and trade, if you're not asking yourself the question, are we in on Kirk Cousins in 2020 and beyond? And if not, how do we get out from the last year of this contract? you're not doing your due diligence as a front office and as a football organization. If you're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins, you're not going to get a better chance to replace him with a sufficient replacement as you will this offseason, whether it's Tom Brady or Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Tannehill or whoever else is out there this offseason, Cam Newton. I mean, we've, we've gone through the list time and time again of guys who are going to be available this offseason who are established starting NFL quarterbacks. If you're the Vikings and you're not sold on Kirk Cousins, you have to be exploring how you get out of that contract and how you get in on this class of quarterback.
0: This is such an amazing, fun, speculative talker. You can actually hear the birds chirping in and around Judd's head right now. They're as so thinks happy. About it.
3: The birds are smiling. <laughs> the birds are very, very pleased. This is, look, It. I hate to say it because people are going to be like, oh, shut up. It all makes some sense. A- and to me, what pushed me over the edge today was y- – Three football people basically saying, our jobs are on the line. We rolled the dice with Cousins uh, two years ago now. We know exactly what he can and can't do. Do we really want to go down this path and run this back with him again? Because I'll tell you right now. If I pulled the room and I said, you're bringing Kirk Cousins back, you're bringing most of your team back, and and Spielman and Zimmer, and by an extension probably a lot of people's jobs are on the line, give me the percentages that things are going to end up really well and everyone's going to get multi-year contracts. 40%? I mean, this thing could go really sideways.
5: And if you're the Vikings right now, in, in any talks or negotiations that are going on with Kirk Cousins and his people, you really don't have leverage. You don't have any leverage whatsoever. I know to Vikings fans, it doesn't feel like Kirk Cousins set the world on fire. I'm telling you with the type of season that Kirk Cousins just had, and what's about to happen in the QB market this offseason and over the next year, with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in line to get extensions, and Tom Brady, the first domino that will fall in this free agent class, the price is only going up for Kirk Cousins the longer that he waits to talk about any sort of extension. So, in that scenario, you don't have any leverage over Kirk Cousins. Where you do have leverage is if you go to Kirk Cousins and you say, "Dude, we we we're we're out on Kirk Cousins. We don't want you beyond 2020." No seriously, third person. You t- you tell them we we don't we're, we're not we're not committing to you beyond 2020. Let us explore some trades, yeah. and you have leverage with the 49ers in the sense that you go to them and you say, "You really think Kirk Cousins is your best chance at winning a yeah. Super Bowl?" That window closes a little bit. After one more year, why, why don't you jump? Why don't you open that window up with Kirk Cousins? If you really, if that's your guy, if you really think he gives you your best chance, you want to make that move now. You don't want to wait a year and play another year with Jimmy Garoppolo, who you don't believe in. I think that if you want to control your own fate and control your own destiny and have leverage as the Minnesota Vikings, you have more of it in talks with Kirk Cousins and the 49ers than you do right now
3: in any extension talks with Kirk Cousins one on one. And plus, guys, get something now. Yeah, get something. Get their first-round pick. It's the 31st pick. It's not great, but it's still a, a first-round pick, right? Perhaps package that with the 25 and something else. Move up. But if Kirk Cousins is, is as I speculated, stepping out with Kyle right now behind your back, get something while you can. Because what? He's going to not sign. So, he's, so he might say, I don't want to sign an, an extension, in which case the bad part for you is then if you're looking at 2020 cap relief, you're not going to get it from his yeah. contract. Uh, So, you know what? If I can get a first-round pick and maybe a little something else, take that because he's going to
0: leave. It is funny that in any other sport right now, if it was the NBA or the NHL or Major League Baseball, and you had a guy that made a lot of money and you probably weren't going to look to sign him to a long-term extension and he's entering the last year of his contract, it would be a foregone conclusion that that player would be traded right now. Right? Mm -hmm. Like You Mm -hmm. would never go into the last year of... The the twins didn't go into Johans last year. The uh, the, you know, the Wild have a bunch of guaranteed contracts on the books, but they're trying to trade these guys so that they can get something for even like Jason Zucker, a young player. Uh, but in the NFL, there's just so few quarterbacks that teams trust that they get they get so obsessed with. Well, oh my God, what happens if we if we get rid of Cousins? What happens? Well, you'll be fine. You'll draft somebody. Or so right, so if this is let, let's just play this out for a second here. Let's say the Vikings and the 49ers are having conversations behind the scenes or there's at least some sort of spark there between Shanahan and Kirk Cousins that could lead to a trade. My mind immediately goes to where Judd's mind went, which is, oh, they're definitely they're definitely driving into Tom Brady's neighborhood here. Like that's the the Vikings thing to do historically is they're driving into Tom Brady's uniform. But what other possibilities would it open up if they were to swing a deal with San Francisco or what problems would it present? Let's let's take Tom Brady out of the equation. So let's just say that's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. If you're the Vikings, you still are interested in winning a Super Bowl, presumably in 2020, and you would have traded one of the 12 best quarterbacks in the NFL. If Tom Brady is not the end game, what is the other end game for the Vikings?
3: See, to me, this question is predicated now on what is the security of the people that run the team. Because the thought process is going to be, oh, my God, if we don't win a Super Bowl or at least contend for one very seriously, we're all going to be fired. The personal Judd Zolgad philosophy to this is I think I know what Cousins can do. I think he's a really nice box scorer. Statistically, he's great. Uh, but is Kirk Cousins a Super Bowl w- winning quarterback given the structure of the Vikings team that you are essentially going to have for 2020? My answer is no. And so moving on from him allows you to sort of turn a corner now and pivot to the next thing before it's too late. And oh my gosh, you've tried to run the whole thing back and now Cousins and Shanahan are getting married. I've been divorced and left at the altar. What am I going to do? <laughs> so I, I see, I see this. I, do I see this as a perfect scenario under which you're going to get somebody to replace Kirk Cousins and win a Super Bowl? Maybe not. But I do see it as the potential uh pivot that might be necessary and nice to take that next step in finding a quarterback because this it's just this simple and people who fear Kirk Cousins leaving, I don't think think of it in this terms. He's a nice player. But as far as the end game result that you desired from signing him it didn't work out and so i would rather pivot now and move on to the next thing and trying to find the next quarterback and also gentlemen the most important thing to me now this whole salary cap nightmare dilemma issues these are gone we're
0: getting a bunch of tweets on this by the way right now at phil Mackey, at jay zolgad at rami is tweeting reckless speculation two of them along the same lines I'm going to read them both here. Al tweets into the show. What about instead of going after Tom Brady, uh, you tank in 2020 and shoot for Trevor Lawrence? Well, that would <laughs> I, I, you'd have to tank aggressively. You'd have to be like one in 15. I don't think the Vikings roster is bad enough to be one in 15. Uh, but a couple other people have sent notes in this regard. This is from Eric. He says, knowing Zimmer and that Teddy Bridgewater has always been his guy. Don't you think Zimmer would look to trade Cousins and sign Teddy in a heartbeat if they are, instead?
5: If they are maneuvering to get out from under the last year of Kirk Cousins' contract, that's what makes the most sense to me. I wasn't here, but the way you guys described the love affair with Teddy Bridgewater between he and Zimmer, he and Vikings fans, that's what would make the most sense to me.
0: Is Teddy 2.0. This is what...
3: Mike Zimmer how it,
5: hears
0: every time Teddy Bridgewater's name is mentioned.
3: How did it end for Teddy here? I know Zim loves him.
0: He played. He came back and like threw. Didn't he throw an interception? A tipped interception. Oh yeah. The no, no. 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 Something.
3: No. I, I'm saying behind the scenes oh. though, as far as the relationship, when they decided, and rightfully so, decided that they couldn't trust that leg. And does Teddy want a fresh start somewhere else? I still, I still think Teddy with Bruce Arians in Tampa makes so much sense. But I'm sure Zimmer is absolute dream would be that. I honest- he's always he's only loved one one QB that I can tell in his life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like going back to even his Pop Warner days, I think yes. he probably has only loved Teddy Bridgewater. And I think he probably replays the two thousand seventeen NFC championship game over in his head and the fact that the Vikings took a seven nothing lead and then Case Keenum throws a boneheaded interception to essentially just hand over momentum to the Eagles. And I think he probably plays over the last couple seasons, too. And that in the regular season, could the Vikings have won two or three extra games? And this is just, I'm putting myself in Mike Zimmer's head and shoes. And Rick Spielman drafted and also loved Teddy Bridgewater. But if you're Mike Zimmer, I mean, this is where Rami might have a point. You know, we all think Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. That would be super fun. That would be the pipe dream. But the Vikings are probably, now, would they take Tom Brady? Absolutely. But if they do clear out Kirk Cousins and trade him to the 49ers, Does Zimmer get what he always wanted, which is Teddy Bridgewater back in purple, healthy, and ready to lead a franchise? I would sign up for that as well. If you're going to trade Kirk Cousins, and if the 49er speculation is true, I would take Tom Brady for a year as a hired hitman. I would take Teddy Bridgewater on a five-year deal as the new (laughs) franchise quarterback. Sign me up for either one of those over running it back with Kirk Cousins.
3: I think these guys are going to... Given their current predicament, my, my guess is if they can do it, they are going to try to take, one, to take a shot with a quarterback that they think can step in immediately and give them the absolute best chance in 2020 to win a Super Bowl. Because nothing you do can be with a long view unless your contract's extended.
0: But do you, you think, do, you, do you think Teddy Bridgewater in 2020 gives the Vikings a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Kirk Cousins? Because I do. I think he does yeah. and health is the only question
3: I don't know about that, but I do know one forty three year old quarterback who wants one more bite at the apple <laughs> and wants a and wants to prove an old guy out east that he was absolutely wrong and he'd take his smopock and do you know what with it <laughs> and that's bill Belichick. I, I just if it wasn't the Vikings, I would probably enjoy this conversation and laugh but and Phil you you know this first day, too. We've seen too much. We've seen we've seen too much. We've looked behind the door and it was unbelievable.
5: Seen the wizard. Yes, Rami. You look behind the curtain and you've seen the wizard.
3: I mean uh, you know, this is a team. This is a team that's done. And Rick Spielman, by the way, very much involved in these things as well. So this is this is not a completely new regime in place. Brzezinski was there for this. I believe George Payton was there for this. Uh, certainly Spielman was there for this. This is a team that's done unexpected, fun, weird things before that have reeked of desperation. So, am I going to be shocked if they do something again? I got to be honest, I'm not, and that's what makes them so much fun sometimes.
2: Reckless speculation. I just want to play
0: this one more time for people that didn't hear it off the top of the show. This is what Diana. This is what this is what sparked this whole conversation. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL Insider, on Get Up this morning.
4: I, I think there's another quarterback that's going to be on the market soon that the 49ers are going, to, are going to want to take a look at, and he's in Minnesota right now. I think we all know the history between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. This is something that's been going on. For years, I've never seen somebody want a quarterback as bad as Kyle Shanahan has, and, and it was a deal that almost happened, too. Kyle's, uh, Kirk Cousins almost wound up with Kyle in San Francisco. It did not, uh, and I, I think they're waiting for that deal to, to, to wrap up, maybe even a trade. We don't know if that, that could actually but that happen, was, but these are things that are on the table.
3: I love it, but let me just say, he has one more year left on his mm-hmm. deal in Minnesota. What better way? To bridge that gap to the one year you have to fill oh, wow. with Kyle's Green, then um, with,
0: <laughs> with a 43 year old Tom Brady. Okay, there's another clip here, just for context. Is this Jonathan? Is this John Lynch from uh, from 2018? Yes. This I clip so. here. All right. You know, for Kyle, I think the thing I would tell people is, you know, Jimmy, you know, we we made the trade. Um, but then there were some days that, that Kyle Shanahan was like in mourning because I think everybody knows his master plan was to have Kirk Cousins come in eventually. And I, I think, uh,
3: you know, I was proud of Kyle because I, I think he knew that this was the right thing for our franchise and he didn't hesitate. But then even then, uh, you know, Jimmy had to really prove himself and, you know, Kyle, I think in, in, um, I think it was really smart.
0: He didn't play him right away. He waited till he had some semblance of an understanding of our, of our scheme when he did put him in he put him in in a in a position to succeed and and then i i would tell you that jimmy really impressed kyle to the point that he said this is our guy john lynch literally used the phrase in mourning to describe how kyle shanahan felt
3: missing out on free agent kirk cousins that is unbelievable and can you guys so put the pieces together here too as far as kirk goes right like kirk do, kirk doesn't come off to me as the most he tries to be but Doesn't come off as the most self-confident guy constantly. So can you imagine if you have an offensive mind, and Shanahan is damn good, an offensive mind that's like, dude, you are great. And you think to yourself, I love you. I'd like to play for you (laughs) every chance I get. No, seriously. Because, you know, he's playing for a zib now, and God bless him, old school football coach who I'm sure uh, spits and swears and tells him, Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine the validation of, and it's not just Kyle, it's the Shanahan family. It's Shanahan Inc. telling you at every possible time they talk to you, you're so great, you're so good. And meanwhile, the rest of the world's like, what are you guys watching?
5: Shanahan Inc. That has to be a call you make, doesn't it? To the I'm 49ers? Sure. Rami, I'm so with you. right yeah, here. I, th- I think it's been made. Unless, oh, unless, yeah. unless, you're dead, made. unless you're dead set on Kirk Cousins and you know you're going to give him a contract extension, whether it be this offseason or next offseason, you're going to pay whatever it takes to keep Kirk Cousins. If you're if you're all in on him like to that degree, if that's not the case, you have to make this call and yep. say, "Hey, are you guys are you guys ready to pull the plug on Jimmy? And are you still interested in Kirk Cousins?"
0: You have yep. to make that call. If the Vikings honestly, yep. like as as much of a miracle as it was to pull off the Brett Favre heist in two thousand nine, and and the Vikings were working on that heist in two thousand eight, but the Packers didn't allow it. <laughs> what do
3: you mean they didn't tamper, Phil? I don't know right. what you are talking about. The Packers
0: did not allow it to happen, uh, so they sent him off to the worst team in the AFC, the Jets. If the Vikings can pull this off, I mean this is this has to be where the dots are pointed for the Vikings. In their dream scenario, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they have had conversations about Brady. They know that Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan are a match. And like Rami just said, if they aren't facilitating this to whatever degree they can behind the scenes,
3: then shame on everyone. At least the exploring dots it. Line up.
5: If not facilitating it, at least exploring it. There's,
3: there's, there's no question. There's no question. I think phone calls have been made to all sides. Don't you guys? I... All right. Reckless here's the speculation. Here, here's some right. in, here's some investigative work of, of the segment, and you can play it again in a second. Phil, here's some investigative work of the segment where you know what she's reporting is real. This is what I like to call where real reporting hits reckless speculation. Hope. Listen to the exchange between Rossini and Greeny, and Greeny's just desperate, and he should be for Brady to go to uh, San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. And listen to how he like tries to be like, but no, but Brady. And she's like, I just know what I know. Okay, let's play it
0: again.
4: I, I think there's another quarterback that's going to be on the market soon that the 49ers are going to want to take a look at, and he's in Minnesota right now. I think we all know the history between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. This is something that's been going on for years. I've never seen somebody want a quarterback as bad as Kyle Shanahan has, and, and it was a deal that almost happened, too. Kyle, uh, Kirk Cousins almost wound up with Kyle in San Francisco, it did not. Uh, and I, I think they're waiting for that deal to, to, to wrap up, maybe even a trade. We don't know if that, that could actually but that happen. But these are things that are on the table.
3: I love it, but let me just say, he has one more year left on his mm-hmm. deal in Minnesota. <laughs> what better way to bridge that gap to the one year you have to oh, fill wow. with Kyle's... Put with, the um, pieces together, Greeny. ...than with a 43-year-old Tom Brady.
0: And I think what we're saying here is, no, 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 no. Just take him now. You're right, but she sort, but she sort we'll of said Tom that. Brady.
3: But she said a trade, I don't know, but a trade is possible. Basically what she's saying is the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are doing everything they can to get Kirk Cousins as soon as possible. And Greeny's like, but no, but that stops Brady from going. And she's like, I can't help you, Mike.
0: No, Mike, Mike, that's because Tom Brady comes to the Vikings in this equation.
3: <laughs> that's how this works. <laughs>
0: Can somebody oh, can, can can somebody check to see if uh, Giselle or Tom have done any real estate uh, poking around over Lake Minnetonka? I don't know.
3: Egan, any penthouses downtown Minneapolis? There's some nice house, some nice places now by the uh, TCO Performance Center. Does Minnesota reckless
1: speculation
3: have any of its
0: own supermodels that could recruit Giselle? Do we have any supermodels? I mean, Bryant, Mc, Bryant McKinney and Fred hmm. Smoot had to fly. Entertainers in from Atlanta in two thousand five. So,
3: as Matt Burke said, "What's wrong with our strippers?"
5: I haven't. I haven't experienced it, so I can't tell you if there is anything <laughs> indeed wrong. They were good flying in strippers
3: from Atlanta, and Berkey th- and Matt Burke said, "What's wrong with us?" It's strippers? almost like
0: Rami is trained to answer that question automatically in the way that he just did. <laughs> R-
3: Rami thought about it really seriously. Like well, I, I have no, never seen
0: I'll, a stripper. In I'll, my fr- life. I'll frequent an establishment. I just haven't yet. Okay, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not even, really
3: a strip club. If guy, you've got
0: recommendations, funny. hit Rami up. It's at Rami is tweeting. You can just. Tweet I'm good it. for like one or two trips a year, Judd. Alone? No, come on,
5: man, <laughs> not that guy. Come on. Good God. No. Me and the boys.
3: Me and the boys. You and the
5: boys, huh? Down for one or two trips a year. Honey,
3: I'm going out tonight. Where are you going? That's my one or two year times a year I go to the ship club. Alone.
0: Leave me alone. All right. When we come back, we're going to dive into Judd's Twins Talker of the Day from Fort Myers, even though they closed down clubhouse access to all reporters. <laughs> In Major League Baseball. So we'll get, we'll get just a temperature of what's happening down there and how coronavirus is impacting twin spring training. When we come back to Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app, let's talk about Federated here, Federated Insurance, and just their commitment to giving back to our community. Well, Federated is a gigantic supporter of Big Brothers and Big Sisters. And there was a story recently written in the Star Tribune just a few weeks back. About Don McPherson, a Twin Cities businessman, that back in 2003, through Big Brothers Big Sisters, started mentoring a young boy named Shaquille Nelson. He was eight years old, and now uh, Shaquille has gone on to be successful, and he started his own nonprofit organization called Inner City Ducks, which provides after school sports programs for at risk kids in the Twin Cities. That's how it works you mentor one person. They pay it forward. They help dozens of others, and that's the mission of Big Brothers Big Sisters. That's why Federated Insurance, through the Federated Challenge, has supported and raised millions of dollars for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Minnesota the last 10 years or so. You can find out more about Federated Insurance at their website, federatedinsurance.com, where you can find a full list of all the industries they protect. And remember, Federated, it's their business to protect yours.
1: Jonathan here with the Score North download. You can join me, Dan Terrar, Callum Williams, and Kendra Dayson Aubin this Sunday for Score North's coverage of the Minnesota United home opener as they take on the New York Red Bulls pregame at 5.30 p.m. kickoff at 6 right here on Score North and the free Score North mobile app breaking while we were in the middle of that segment. The full list of compensatory picks for the 2020 NFL Draft. The Vikings get two of them, a third rounder and a seventh rounder. You can find more information about that. Here on Score North over at ScoreNorth.com. If you head over to the website right now, the top four stories are all from a Judd Zolgad that's trapped down in Florida right now with plenty of clubhouse access, to which we'll get two more talkers about that here in just a second on Mackie and Judd with Rami. But his main, his lead story right now could Kirk Cousins be headed to the Bay Area? Basically, the written version of what we just speculated. In the first segment, you can go find that over at scorenorth.com. It's completely free, as well as our app, the Score North mobile app, completely free. All that is available right now over there, so go check that out. That's been your Score our Download. Now back to Mackie and Judith Rami. And what,
0: and what was the conversation at the very end of the segment that got us to, oh, Giselle Bündchen.
5: Yeah, we were asking if there were any supermodels who live or are from Minnesota who could recruit Tom and Giselle. And yeah. speaking of hard-hitting investigative journalism. I did some research during wow. the break, you guys. Rami's got a beat. Strictly in the name of research. I found a list, Judd. <laughs> Yes. Of uh, famous Jonathan. female models that come from Minnesota. Yes. And actually, some. this is a strong roster, man. I didn't realize. Jessica Biel. Oh, yeah. From yep. Eli, Minnesota. I'm only going to read the ones that I recognize. She, did, she didn't, like, grow up there, yeah, though, Ealy. did she? Ely. What's, what's Ely. Don't,
3: mispro- don't mispronounce yeah. our names. We have to they get nits? very upset when you say Edna or Wayzata. Courtney Hanson?
5: Sorry. Not familiar. Cheryl Teagues is from Breckenridge, oh. Minnesota. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, Scarlett Salem is a uh, Melrose, Minnesota. That's not her real name. Again, that's got to be her stage. Why name? are we picking this? Scarlet Salem, Jessica Lang is a Cloquet. Cloquet is it? Cloquet. Okay. Clo- I actually, I, I, just, I actually don't know, and like,
0: I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> it's Cloquet, I believe. All right, <laughs>
5: hockey country. And Lily Saint Cyr. Who uh, her professions are listed as stripper, pinup girl, burlesque stripper, and actor. <laughs> of course, Robbie knows this one. I'm sure they know all the hot real
0: estate spots for Tom. And
5: <laughs> Did you, you say off. those are professions? <laughs> they they list they list a profession for everybody on here, and I'm trying to find the one right now. I can't find it. One of them they list flight attendant. Like if you, if they're yeah. listing flight attendant on your profession, how
0: really how famous, how successful can you be in the model world? Oh, maybe she just likes the uh, the cops. She likes to stay in Denver you know, <laughs> for three nights, once in a while. So uh, that's the hard-hitting investigative journalism you Good get job, here. Good job, Rami. Uh, Thank Mackie you. And Judd well, thanks, Rami. you guys. So Judd's down in Fort Myers, Florida. You're covering Twin Spring Training. You can find Judd. There's an episode of the Score North Twin Show that just posted a little while ago on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. You're doing Ventline from down there. And, uh, and you're, and you're going to be down there till Friday. So what is your Judd Zolgad Twins talker of the day here?
3: Unfortunately, this is no fun, but it is a coronavirus-related, um, is frenzy the right word? Concern? Yeah, I think that's fair. They have, they have, and this is not the Twins, uh, Major League Baseball at some point on Monday, and it was instituted today, has closed down clubhouses uh, for the rest of spring training and for the foreseeable future because of the uh, fear of uh, the coronavirus being spread. Now, the media, obviously, us being us, is not happy, but this also applies to, and I think this is across the board, it's not just baseball, it's basketball as well as hockey what and soccer. They're calling this non-essential um, uh, employees. So they uh, they have basically, if you don't need to be in the clubhouse, if you don't have a job, if you're not a player or an equipment guy, uh you are basically being told you can't be in the clubhouse and uh right before we went on part of the reason I was late was I was listening to Derek Falvey uh the Twins um president of baseball operations came up here and addressed it and said that this goes down to the fact that he and Thad Levine are going to be avoiding the clubhouse at all costs basically meaning the player area so like they'll go into they they can go into or will go into Rocco's office and things like that Uh, but they essentially are taking this pretty seriously as far as if you don't need to be in the player area of the clubhouse, you are not going to be allowed. And, Phil, what makes this most intriguing is I'm also talking about kids and friends of players. And we all know that some players have contingents of people that show up in clubhouses. (laughs) And those people and somebody... It sounds like the Twins' new or at least interim for now player up. Taylor Rogers is in charge of telling guys who are used to their friends being in the clubhouse, your friends are no longer allowed here.
0: So is that is that a prominent thing with the current Twins, that they just have a bunch of, bunch of
3: randoms in the clubhouse? Nelly Cruz has some people that I don't know if they're relatives or what, but were in there all the time last year. A lot of guys bring their kids in. Um, this
0: would have been and, devastating for Drake LaRoche in Chicago. Isn't that the kid's name?
3: Oh, no, no, no. I said non-essential, Phil. Oh, so Drake, LaRoche, it, Drake LaRoche was essential. If you heard what the White Sox said when Drake clubhouse LaRoche left, le, he was a leader of that clubhouse. He was. He was an essential that part. blew my mind. It's one of the great never stories. That. Chris, of Chris all Sale time. literally
0: died on that hill. He's like, I'm never gonna pitch again unless you let this kid back in. What? <laughs> was the he's, he's one of the great clubhouse leaders of our organization. <laughs> then everyone's fired. <laughs> he's 14. So how will because I, I I can already Ken Rosenthal wrote a piece for The Athletic and they they unlocked it. It's available for free, even if you're not a subscriber, and he lays out. Why it's important not just from an ego standpoint for media members to be in the clubhouse and the locker rooms, but from a fan perspective. And I think the worry is: is this going to lead to locker rooms just being closed off to third party media forever? Is this just going to be an excuse to say, well, the players and so Pat talked about it yesterday, yeah, yes. And I think I think we've sort of gotten to a place in 2020 where because athletes are all accessible on social media and their Instagram pages. And teams like the Vikings have their own entertainment networks that they pump out content on. And I think there's this, unfortunately, this increasing feeling of, well, I mean, like, I don't really need the Star Tribune or the New York Times or Judd Zolgad to go into a clubhouse. I can just follow uh, Trevor May on Twitter and get everything I need, right? He p- puts out content. So, what, Judd, what would you say? You've been a beat writer in your life. You have been in media for 25, 30 years as a conduit between teams and players, and also fans on the other side. What does this mean if this is a permanent change of media and team culture?
3: In listening to Falvey talk uh, this afternoon, baseball-wise it sounds very much like this will not be permanent. And based, you know, baseball is one sport where I think the interactions between the media and the players are, I wouldn't say welcomed across the board, but they're so consistent. I don't think baseball is going to go down the path of saying, well, this worked out really well, and now you're done here. You know the one sport, guys, and it's not in season now, the one sport I wonder about that if they might jump on this, because they certainly could and they can afford to because they can afford to be arrogant, is football. The National Football League is so successful. I could see them saying, this works really well. And we could bring out like three players and control the message and to Phil's point, you know our website does a great job of writing all the positive stories. yeah football's the one that scares me. I think baseball I think baseball is going to see where this goes and uh, and goes back now here's the and this has not been broached yet, but here's here's my question too, because this thing now with the coronavirus has gotten such uh, such steam and has so many people concerned and is spreading in different places. Is the start of the season going to be affected and for instance, are the twins gonna to go to Oakland and open up there? Could the games be played elsewhere? Because the Sharks just had their county just passed what? Um basically for the rest of March, I think the county that the Sharks play in said that there can be a gathering of no more than one thousand people, which means the Sharks can't play their home games in front of fans.
0: The Gopher hockey team should be fine though. <laughs> like but um yeah. Well
3: and go for basketball on Sunday also fine. <laughs> um, But I'm wondering, you know, because the A's aren't that far away from where the Sharks play. And I think the Twins' second trip then, after they play the A's, is to Seattle. And in the state of Washington, there's been a lot of issues there. So I am curious if this is going to continue to impact things and impact where early season baseball games, well, one, where they're played, and two, I guess, worst case, if they're played.
5: Judd, did you guys get to ask... Anybody about the, the reasoning behind this decision by Major League Baseball or, or are the people who made those decisions just higher up than you have access to right now?
3: They are, but but I've seen their reasoning is essentially, and it, that's why the wording is not essential employees, their reasoning is the clubhouses and locker rooms are already basically Petri dishes and they don't want more bodies going in there than necessary and that's why they didn't just single out media. They also said, if you don't, if if you are, you know, if you're a sponsor who got to go in the clubhouse, or if you are a suit from the top floor who like would go down and be like, "I love you guys. You're all my players." They're telling those people to stay out too. Um, short term, with the panic about this, I can't say I'm shocked. And I'm
5: I, not. And I'm not either. By the way, I just sneezed while you were giving your answer, and Jonathan looked at me like I pulled out a gun. I'm fine. Don't worry about it, guys. Everything's okay. Wait, I didn't even <laughs> hear it. Did you? Are you I'm like not there, sneezer? so I so I, I don't care. I'm on the radio. Um, uh, I'm I'm a germaphobe. Okay, so uh, I obviously have no problem with Major League Baseball or anybody else taking precautions in these times that we're in right now. But the thing that doesn't add up to me, John, what I'd like to hear somebody explain, and uh-huh. I could I could be wrong. I'm not a virologist, I'm not well versed in any science of any kind whatsoever. It's why I' talking to a microphone about things that don't matter for a living. but what doesn't add up to me, what doesn't make sense yep. is how it's too dangerous to have media and other non essential personnel in a locker room or in a clubhouse. yep, but it's not it's totally fine, and nobody's at risk to have. 30 40 50,000 people all gathering at the same place at the same time and sitting inches away from each other, not feet. Oh, they don't care about they don't care about the fans. Well, I mean that's that's I'm what dead serious. that's no, what we, says loud and clear, doesn't they, it? They
3: they don't want the well, first of all the fans pay. Second of all, if if they want to infect each other, baseball doesn't care. Baseball's concerned about <laughs> the players. But what baseball baseball's well, not just baseball. Every sport right now that's going, their biggest fear is one player gets it. Because then once that player gets it, what do you do? Has he infected his teammates? So, not to be callous, but I will be. This isn't about people. This is about their players only. And and it's funny, too, because now, like in talking to Twins, they've got a home game tomorrow. We've been told that we can talk to them, and we can talk to them, like, on the field, Okay. So in the dugout, but you must maintain a six foot distance between you and said player. And so you're basically like, how are you feeling? That's actually how you kind of today? far, too, right? How are you feeling today? What's going on over there? So yeah, but this is this is solely about one thing. This is about a, a fear of every one of these leagues that, and it's going to happen eventually a player's going to get infected, and then you go down the, the slippery slope of, okay, a player's infected now. Has he infected his teammates? Is he going to infect more people with the team? So if you and I, Ronnie, go to a game, and I've got coronavirus, and I turn to you and sneeze, and you get sick, Rob Manfred's like, okay, big deal. Who cares?
0: You know, this just to add another layer to this, this is our guy Myron Medcalf. And, and Jonathan, was this from ESPN Radio?
1: Yes, this the, was – I think he was on – Sarah Spain show yesterday and said this. All
0: right, this is this is our guy Myron. with the NCAA tournament. You've got you've got all these conference tournaments happening right now. Although the Ivy League just canceled their conference tournament, but you've got conference tournaments. You got the NCAA tournament, the NIT.
2: I actually would be surprised if the NCAA tournament starts next week and you see fans in the crowd. I just think it's difficult to imagine with everybody canceling, uh, not allowing fans in games. I'm not sure why the NCAA tournament would do something different. So, so my guess is. We'll still have the games as you can televise them, but I have a hard time imagining crowds of 20, 30, 40, 50,000 showing up to NCAA tournament games. So
0: that's Myron, who's as plugged in, and, and he's not reporting that, but he's speculating and sort of you know putting, putting some uh, educated thought behind the fact that the NCAA is probably going to play empty arena games starting next week. Mm-hmm. And LeBron James spoke again today to try and clarify his comments on, he originally said he wouldn't play inside of empty arenas, but... We're going to, this is, we've already canceled sporting events across the world. Like you said, Judd, the San Jose Sharks have canceled home games. We're going to get empty arena and empty stadium games here in the next month or so. And it's going to be wildly bizarre. Think about the NCAA tournament and close games down the stretch and the bands playing and the crowd going crazy and the drama and, or home crowds, a, a Lakers versus Rockets game and the Lakers crowd going crazy and celebrities sitting all over the place. And those games are going to be played in empty arenas. It's going to happen sometime in the next month, if not in the next week or two.
3: Absolutely. And then my question is, do do we then, for instance, with baseball, in early season games, uh, have to take the next unfortunate step, which would be cancellation of games?
0: Yeah, that's a – but then, like, if you start to cancel games, at what point – Do you feel safe? These are just unanswerable questions. At what point is the country safe enough for you to put games back on the schedule? July, like it's not. It's not like all right, we're going to cancel a couple games off the bat in uh, in three weeks here, and then all right, good. The April twentieth, everything's fixed, and we have cures, and the the thousands of people that by then will have had coronavirus will no longer. I mean, like because they've said like the
5: flu once it gets warmer out, this. This could go dormant, but that doesn't mean that it's gone. We could still have hundreds of thousands of people carrying this thing and spreading it around, and then it will just be active again when the temperatures drop in in the fall and the winter. So we don't know when we'll be safe. Guys, we will probably never be safe. It's a gross, dangerous world we live in. Well, I
3: mean, esports—that's yeah. the answer.
5: That way, nobody has to leave their That's house. Esport. Let's all just transition to esports, you guys. You know
3: what, Rami? What? There, there's, and plus, too, sports fans now. There's a lot with HD and things like that who are like, okay, cool. Don't don't play games in front of crowds because guess what? I don't go to games. I watch games, you and my what? television's fantastic.
5: I kind of want to see an NBA game without a crowd. It is going to be fascinating Just to, to hear, watch. You can hear the trash talk. You can hear the chatter. You, you'll hear every little thing. The guys on the court will be able to hear the
3: announcers. Yeah, That'll be amazing. What we'll if probably it's, be drawing
5: back and forth with them.
3: What if it's so good, it becomes permanent? <laughs> <laughs> it's such great, captivating TV yeah, that you might want to check like, with
0: the, twice as much. Check the owners on that. Yeah, If the, if the TV companies want to front the cost of uh, exactly. making up for the ticket sales and the the $15 beers and whatnot. Hey, just, I want to circle back on one thing related to potentially setting a new precedent here with reporters not being allowed in, in locker rooms. I just feel like, cause I, I do sense that it, we it has lost its importance. Third party journalism and media has lost its importance. And there are political reasons for that. And, and, and some of it's just the way that we interact with athletes and teams on social media. It didn't exist 10 or 15 years ago, but Think about this Astros story for a second that breaks wide open. The Astros are found out to be frauds and cheaters and have fraudulently won a World Series. And that story does not come out if we're waiting for Astros.com to report it or if we're waiting for Carlos Beltran's Twitter account to report it, right? That story comes out because a credible third-party reporter with a third-party media platform behind him forms a relationship with a pitcher that was on the team in 2017, gets the information from Mike Fires and then gets to vet out the rest of the story and talk to other people involved. That doesn't happen if it's Astros.com. And, and so I just I worry that we're setting a bad precedent here.
3: And th- that pitcher felt comfortable going to Rosenthal with that story because he knew that, that Ken was really good at what he does, too. Um, I think there's some confusion here, too, as far as uh, fans go. Uh, about what locker room access means. And there was a time, probably, when you w- would go into a team's clubhouse, locker room, or as they call it in hockey, the room, and everyone would be there dressing, and a lot of people would be naked, and it might be uncomfortable, right? But, Phil, you, you know as well as I do, in Target Field, the Twins, and the same holds true for the Wild at the X. they have back rooms where they hang out and actually dress and things like that. And so the locker room that we have access to is basically a room where guys uh, put their jerseys on, put their uh, uniform pants and caps on, and then might be at briefly after the game. But this whole notion that we're somehow invading this sacred place of privacy, locker rooms have changed. These back rooms where we can't go is where they all go watch TV and hang out and have fun. So more and more, the clubhouse, Or locker rooms in a lot of cases have become sort of workplaces. They're workplaces for the players. They're workplaces for us. It's not this where we're. It's not like we're going into a person's house and hanging out in their couch uninvited. (laughs) I'm serious. Oh, yeah I know I, I feel it's like' there's, to Think about that though I, but I feel like there 's this whole thing of you guys are invading the privacy of these players, and you should be kicked out because that 's their place they 've got these gorgeous rooms to go into um, in where we are not allowed and they 've got dining areas where we don 't go we 're only going into basically a, a very first level room to try and talk to them. And I'm not saying that the coronavirus ban is stupid. I just think that there's a confusion about exactly what we're doing to invade people's privacy and how we're really, for the most part, not doing that at all. Yeah.
0: So that's Judd down in Fort Myers, Florida, and you can find all kinds of stuff from him on ScoreNorth.com. He's part of the ScoreNorth Twin Show this week with Derek Wetmore, and we've got him down there until Friday, and he's going to have to find creative ways to uh, sneak into the clubhouse or hide in the bushes to get access. Did you to get players.
3: any access today? Uh, Derek Falvey came up here and talked, and actually the team went to uh, play the Phillies, so we weren't, so they weren't here today, other than Byron Buxton and a few players early this morning taking batting practice. So we we will find out what the new access is going to be like much more so tomorrow when the Twins are back here in Hammond Stadium to play. Uh, So we didn't have much access, but that wasn't surprising. I am curious what they're going to do as far as trying to have to run guys out of the clubhouse and then go request guys and if guys are going to agree to that. It definitely is going to make um, people's lives tougher. And I think think the person that it actually makes the most difficult life for, Dustin Morris, the Twins PR guy, right? Because he's the guy that's got to go in and out and ask, can you come out here? And I'm sure guys are going to be like, absolutely not. So... It's the media relations people and PR people who are actually who are c- going to have the most work because they ordinarily just watch us do our work in the clubhouse. Now they're going to have to be constant conduits between the players and the press. I saw
5: one of the guys who I follow from my Milwaukee days who covers the Brewers and it's sort of the new setup that they have for, for these, these media scrums. And it literally looks like, I'm going to show Mackie the picture right now, it literally looks like they turned an equipment room into like a media auditorium. And they they probably ta- did. They have tables set up for guys to come and sit at with, with microphones on yep. the tables. And it, some-
0: it appears to be at least eight feet. The chair is eight feet away That's from the table. That's what I was going
3: to say. It, it creates the safe zone.
0: Yeah, you don't have any close talkers with microphones up in, your grill. <laughs> no. hey, in I'm the grill. Poking the cheek with... Uh, I'm from Score
3: the- North. Tell me how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a little cough. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I don't get sick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Trevor, uh, how's, the, how's the four scene? Ah, uh, <sh controlling noise> just a silly little cough I picked up here in Florida. All right, when we come back to Mackie and Joe with Rami. <laughs> Two things when we come back here. Number this isn't one, funny by the way, It's not at <laughs> it's, all. funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah, you
5: could have the coronavirus and just don't know. And right. You're here coughing like ah, ha, ha, a big joke.
0: Let's all just. I'm four cough. feet away from you. Oh oh oh, wow. the safe zone's not being in here yeah, too. We're not even in the safe zone right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'll move back to six and do it. All right, it's just as funny. Rami was
3: a hard worker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll miss them. <laughs> All right. Two things when we come back here to the TCL studios. Number one, people are fired up about a <laughs> clip from a collar and Rami conversation that's making the rounds on social media. People are fired up about this. Completely hypothetical thing, but I think it's more about the principle of it. We'll get to that. And also, our guy, Derek Wetmore, reporting on scorenorth.com, he's got the number of games each. Twins color commentator is going to work for Fox Sports North and uh, some interesting numbers on there. So we'll do that and we'll uh, bring Judd back from Fort Myers here. Another hour to go on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And if you stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, you can get a look at the best TV on the market. That would be TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. And TCL also is in the audio game now, too, with the new line of Alto soundbars. Easy to set up. In just a matter of minutes, you've got a home theater, your TCL TV, and your Alto Soundbar. Also, the Alto Soundbar does connect to other TVs as well. So if you don't have a TCL TV, shame on you. But you can also still get the TCL Alto Soundbar available with subwoofers that are wireless and uh, precision playback for any TV on the market, as well as music from your smartphones, your tablets, your laptops. If you're thinking about upgrading your TV, or adding a new one, or upgrading your sound quality, TCL is where it is at. Enjoy more with TCL and learn more at TCLUSA.com.
1: Listen and win with the free Score North app. This month, one lucky winner will win a $200 gift card to Best Buy just for having and using the Score North mobile app. All you have to do is register your app, listen to your favorite Score North content, and you could be a winner.
2: We're going to press flesh and shake up and down. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami.
1: Rami.
0: Alright, welcome back to the show. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hour number two here today. Judd Zulgad down in Fort Myers for the week. You can find all of his written work about the twins, including... The film that Byron Buxton has been watching to help potentially avoid crashing into fences as aggressively at ScoreNorth.com, and uh, you can also find Judd on the Score North Twin Show throughout the week. Apple, Spotify, Score North app. And before we get into, we're gonna we'll, we'll start with this Vikings discussion. The people we, we so we post all kinds of clips from shows throughout the day on our social media platforms. Score North S K O R North on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and. The clip that we're going to play here in a second, Rami was, Rami was one of the instigators here, along with Matthew Collar. It was just a, just a little fun hypothetical trade scenario.
5: I wouldn't say I was an instigator. This is the same thing you did to me. You asked me a question sure. to come up with a crazy scenario.
0: I answered the question. Sure. That's all I did. We'll, That's all I did. So we'll play that clip in just a second here. And some I've never seen, seen... Some of you people. <laughs> Seriously. Get a grip.
5: It's just sports.
0: But we just, during the break, Judd, so uh, our general manager, Dan Seaman, sent a, what I think is a very wise note, a very wise note from our general manager, Dan Seaman, to the office earlier today. We have a free food table out here, right? <laughs> I got the note, yes. And somebody, like, somebody, we're in the middle of, like, coronavirus awareness and prevention, and let's stop touching, let's stop touching door handles and shaking hands, and someone put, like, three bags of cheese puffs out on the free table here, wide open. And there goes Jonathan. They're thrown away now. Don't worry about it. You were actually going to go eat that? It's a booby no. trap. It's it's, it's like somebody sprinkled, sprinkled coronavirus particles in the bag and is like, oh, I'll just leave these cheese <laughs> puffs here and see who will reach their hand in. But it, I'm literally thinking twice about almost everything Does now.
3: The, wait, wait, wait. Did it really take uh, the coronavirus, though, for you to think that the free food table was sort of gross?
0: I'm always in on the free food table. I, yeah.
3: you a free day. food table, Judd? Because people put their hand in anything and they're and that's, like M-.
0: You know
5: what, Judd? That's if it's a bag of something, I'm very hesitant to, to, to it's free food, so I'm I'm enticed. But I usually will resist because I don't I don't know where people grew up. I don't know who raised them. I don't understand. If, I hear there, you. if there's a bag of something you don't reach your hand into the bag and grab a handful. You right. pick up the bag and you pour some out into your hand. <laughs> so we're not all exchanging germs and dead skin cells like that. That's just yeah, common sense,
3: old. Rami. I'm with you.
0: The dead skin cell thing may I maybe you should think more about that. Actually, I'm I'm like scrape the bottom of the bag type of a guy, and I'm probably just getting. I mean, skin if cells I'm right. at home and it's my bag of
5: chips yeah. or whatever the snack may be, I'm reaching in. It's mine. They're my germs. They're my. Oh dead no, skin cells. no.
3: I'm sorry. I'm not saying. But it's in public, your bag at home. But the free. I'm talking about in particular our company uh free food table which always has all this food that sort of gets picked over and people like break off oh i'll just take a slice but then they take their hand which is dirty and they break off something and leave the rest okay yeah let's i it didn't take a virus for me to say that's really sort of gross
5: but if it's like a box of cookies or something where you open the box you reach in you grab what you're eating and you put it in your face like totally fine but if it's a if it's a bag especially for some reason a lot of people have that bad habit that bad tendency of reaching their hand into the bag rather than pouring the food out of the
0: bag into their hand. See, you know how I knew it was a booby trap, the cheese puffs? The sign on the bag that said, this bag does not contain coronavirus. <laughs> See, you almost had me. You almost had me. All right, so we, so we, we post clips on, on Score North social media from, from shows and take the highlighted conversations and throw them out on, on, on social platforms. And so Scornorth has been around for 13 months now. And this is this clip is top five most back and forth discussion I have seen. And it all started with a hypothetical trade scenario conversation between Matthew Collar and Rami McLaughlin here.
2: All right. Third trade and the most preposterous but defensible. Daniil Hunter and twenty five to Washington mm-hmm. for number two overall. And this is to get to it, right? Of course. The thing that you could probably do, though, if you traded for Tua, would be in 2021, going into that offseason, when you get Kirk's money off of your salary cap, you could sign another edge rusher, who's probably not quite as good as Daniel Hunter, but also probably good. And then you spend the rest of the draft trying to find cornerbacks. He has a huge impact on winning, Daniel Hunter, but there's no edge rusher in the NFL who has as big of an impact on winning as a quarterback. And it helps you a ton if you have him on a rookie deal for four years, and then you can... Also, uh, use the fifth year option. That gives you a pretty decent chance to go to a Super Bowl if the guy clicks. And if he doesn't, everyone's fired. And that's why I love it because it's a video game trade. So, the proposed trade
0: hypothetically is Daniil Hunter, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and the number 25 pick for the number two pick, which presumably would be used to draft Tua as your franchise quarterback. And uh, like I saw that, saw the headline, listened to the conversation. And in my mind, I was, "Yeah, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to give up Daniil Hunter, but man, if you can get a franchise quarterback. I think you can go find an edge rusher later. Like seventy-five percent of people that are commenting, and there's been hundreds of people just discussing this on the Scornorth Twitter page. Seventy-five percent of people are apoplectic that you guys would suggest ever trading Daniel Hunter under any, under any circumstances. Uh, Judd, what is what is your instinct when you see that? Like seventy-five percent of Vikings fans are like, no. uh, Untradeable, Daniil Hunter, even if it's for a potential franchise quarterback in Tua.
3: Uh, My sense is, and this is true, I think, of most fan bases, don't overvalue your own guys too much. Because that trade, number one, I I saw this comment, and it's probably the most realistic. If you're Washington, you're going to say, oh, I need more, not less. Not, oh, gosh, we're getting, and Hunter's a great player. But, Phil, how often have we seen, and I'm sure that this happens in Chicago and Milwaukee too, Rami, but how often do we see fan bases absolutely fall in love with players? And they're good players, but we are talking about a hypothetical trade that could land you your starting quarterback for the next 10 years. and could answer a franchise question, and for five years, you've got a great contract. But I'm not surprised, because fan bases so often just fall in love with players, It you know, Perfect example: the Wild, Mikhail Granlund. Right? How could you trade Granlund for Fiala? You idiots! grandland's a, I've got a Granlund jersey. Well, of course, in retrospect, now it makes perfect sense. That's my sense. I get why
5: people hate it. Why people are upset by the very notion of it? Because I was, I was, I was thinking the very same thing. Now I came around after I thought about it a little bit more, and and coming around to the realization that any time that you can upgrade the quarterback position you almost have to take that opportunity and if if all your evaluations point to Tua being the man and the next uh, part of one of the next great quarterbacks of of the coming generation in the NFL then you have to take that risk but it is borderline crazy trading a 25-year-old defensive end who's done what Daniil Hunter has done in this league, which is the most sacks by that age of anybody ever. Yeah. Yes, quarterbacks are really hard to find and really important to winning football games, slightly more so than the guys who chase them down and
0: and just wreck game plans like Daniel Hunter does. Yeah, and he does. Like th- 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 This is where I'm coming from on this. right? I've been watching Vikings football for 30-plus years. And they've never so much as had a seven-year franchise quarterback, let alone 10 or 15 or 20, like the Patriots have had in Tom Brady. And you're clinging to an edge rusher? Like, that's sort of my, like, I'm in the comments here. and Dude, edge rushers, you, you, you're poo-pooing that. You're dismissing that as though it's not, it's not a major asset in the NFL. I've seen Jared Allen come through here. I've seen, I'm not oh, saying so- it's not important. I've seen Jared Allen. I've seen John Randall. I've seen Chris Dolman. I've seen Everson Griffin. I've seen Daniel Hunter. Like the Vikings have had some damn good edge rushers, some Hall of Fame edge rushers in their franchise history. Those dudes don't win you Super Bowls. They are helpful. They are nice. But to me, it's t- if, if and this is all hypothetical. Like there is no such trade on the table. I, this is more about the principle of you know what's valuable and what's not. If you ever were to get a chance to take a swing at a franchise-changing quarterback and you had to give up an edge rusher, you should not blink. You should pull the trigger on it. Like, that's that's what's annoying to me is Russell Wilson wins you a Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady win you Super Bowls. Sorry, but, like,
3: Everson Griffin didn't. But how can you – what I don't Jared get – Allen didn't. What I don't get is how can – why do fans dismiss this so quickly? As if, oh, that's crazy. You wouldn't do that. Edge – Rushers are huge because before uh, Jared Allen got traded to the Vikings, you go back to how long they were looking for a guy off that right end for years uh, to effectively get to quarterbacks. And it was hard to find. And the price on Jared Allen was absolutely enormous and proved to be worth it. But I just don't understand this dismissal of, well, that's just crazy. You would never trade this player. Don't you have to look at players as commodities at times, though, and say, you developed Neil Hunter into this great player, and he is right now at the height of his value. You've taken him from a guy who you had no idea if he was going to develop, and he's become a Pro Bowl player. So if you could, let's just say hypothetically, as, as Collar and Rami were doing there, if you could turn around and flip him for something that's going to get you a franchise quarterback, you can't just be like, well, no, I would never do that now. But that's how how people think because they think to themselves, this is our guy, as opposed to, yeah, he's a really nice player, but you need a quarterback desperately.
0: Yeah, I mean, the top two edge rushers, according to sacks, anyways, and I get that that's probably not the best way. There's, there's pressures and different things. Uh, Tampa Bay's Shaquille Barrett and Arizona's Chandler Jones. And those guys both had 19 sacks last season, and their teams were terrible. Like, they don't move the, – those guys, I'm not saying they don't matter – I'm saying in this vacuum hypothetical, edge rusher and late first-round pick for potential franchise-changing quarterback, I do it 10 times out of 10. And I'm not saying that Daniel Hunter wouldn't then go I'm to just Washington and be amazing. My initial knee-jerk reaction when asked it is it's kind of crazy to trade a guy like Daniel
5: Hunter who's done what he's done, who he you have locked up to a super-reasonable, borderline cheap contract for what he does in the position that he plays— I, at first glance, my initial knee jerk reaction was that seems a little bit crazy. Once I thought it out a little bit more, it makes a little bit more sense. But I think a lot of people on Twitter just go with that knee
0: jerk reaction <laughs> yep. and fire off that tweet without processing a little bit.
3: You guys are idiots.
0: <laughs> I mean, Twitter is fun to overreact on and, and to knee-jerk. I've done that's it That's why
3: that's why I can't stand the gram. Dude,
0: the you're, you're, means- you're, you're you're rocking the gram, man. I see it's daily still videos. Nuts.
3: But yeah, but where are people shooting stuff back? Like, I hate you.
0: Yeah, that's not. Well, you're just posting video. Like, you posted a know, video just- of spring training. It's happy. It's eighty degrees and sunny. They're not going to.
3: No, but post I mean, I get no- Controversial. I get no feedback. Post, I post get a no- shirtless
0: picture. Come on.
3: No, I'm not going to try and discuss people. You want people
0: to hammer you? Go take the Roycey photo in the bleachers
3: at no, Hammond Stadium. No, Shirtless. no, 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 you don't need to no,
1: no, do no. Don't listen to film. No, don't need no, to do that. no.
3: I'll take my shirt off. You know what's going to happen? I'll contract the coronavirus. I'll end up coming back. Rami will die. No, I'm not going to do that to you guys. <laughs>
0: well, that escalated quickly.
5: Really Rami's crazy. not laughing. Why do I have to be the one who dies? Because the guy
3: man? who's always afraid always dies. That's true. Every movie yeah. that's absolutely the case. Have yeah, you ever Solid seen a Jurassic point. Park movie? <laughs> yep. Every single time. You want to hide <laughs> in the porta potty, you're dead. In Scream, Rami, dead early. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably.
0: Uh gentlemen, our guy Derek Wetmore, twins analyst and host of the Score North Twin Show, he our obtained.
3: Oh, you're, uh, out, you're out on one uh, more. What happened? No, I'm just
0: kidding. Somebody okay. should so know? You guys have a falling out on the no, show or we're something? Cool.
3: We're cool. I've been gone for a couple days. It's, I mean, if if it's gone sideways, tell me. <laughs> no, we're good because I don't want to come back to something uncomfortable.
5: No, I was hey, you guys,
3: you guys want to go to lunch? No, we're totally fine.
5: The longer it goes on, the less it seems like it. But I'm telling you, we're totally fine. <laughs> sure, yeah.
0: So Derek obtained the. So the Twins put out the the annual. Hey, we're you know, we're back with the Fox Sports North, and here's the Fox Sports North broadcast schedule. And also, like, the national TV schedule, of the ESPN games, etc., etc., etc. The Twins actually opened Sunday Night Baseball, I believe, this season against the A's on March 29th. Uh, But Derek Derek got the number of games for each color commentator on FSN. And for, you know, 15 years, it's been Burt Blylevin largely, and then they've scaled him back the last five years or so. And interesting to note, Dick Bramer entering his 37th season as the play-by-play announcer on Fox Sports North. And Justin Morneau will be the primary color commentator doing 57 games. So basically, you know, more than a third of the games for Fox Sports North. Burp Bleileven will do the second most games, but he scaled back to 30. So oh. Justin Morneau doing twice as many games as Burt Uh For the other games, Roy Smalley, Jack Morris, Latre Hawkins, and Jim Cott are all going to be sort of sprinkled in uh, to, to various degrees. But uh, how do you guys feel about Justin Morneau? basically taking over as the the lead color commentator for more than a third of the games, twice as many as Burt Blylevin in 2020.
3: My question is this one. What is his, because he's clearly being, in some ways, fast-tracked by this team, is his ultimate goal and ultimate job to become the permanent analyst for Twins Telecast? Do we think he's going to have a front office job? He's just been doing a lot, and he's around a lot, and I think it's only a matter of time before he's, He's given a fairly prominent role here. I like the move, and the thing that I base my enjoyment of telecast on, is very simple. Do I learn something? And Morneau talks a lot, but I don't care. People complain. I don't care about that. My question is, when I sit down to watch a game, does the commentator tell me things I don't think about or no? And I think in the case of Justin, the answer is yes. So I am all in favor of Justin Morneau working as many games as he possibly wants.
5: Yeah, I liked what I heard from Lad. I thought he was a little bit stiff at at first, Judd, and it took him a little while to loosen up. The, what you're talking about, the teaching us something and talking about the game... I felt like that was there from the beginning, but just loosening up and being a little bit more entertaining and going with the flow of things I felt like was was something that took some time with him, and I think that takes time with almost anybody who steps into a booth like that, especially a former player he's not really sure what he should be saying, what he shouldn't be saying, and you're kind of you're, you''re you're walking on thin ice uh so to speak, early on when you take that job, but I thought the longer he did it. The more he loosened up, the more fun he had. And I'm I'm with you 100%. You learn something when, when you listen to Justin Morneau. And what I like about him more than some of the – and I liked most of the guys that they rotated in and out last year. But a pet peeve of mine, not just of twins announcers in baseball nowadays, but just of announcers in general. They're in the booth for national games. They're everywhere. Is guys complaining about how the game has changed? Oh. Complaining well, Jack about Morris. Anna Jack later. Morris is
0: doing about twenty games this season. John, so S- John it. Smoltz—it's like listening
5: to a podcast. What's wrong with baseball today? That—that's what—that's what I feel like when I hear John Smoltz on the call for <laughs> and a he's baseball. Smart game.
0: and insightful too, yes. but he just can't yeah. help himself. And
5: Justin Morneau does not do that. Yes, I, that's one of the things that I love about him. He's just talking about the game that he's watching and the game as it is today. He's not longing for the game of yesteryear. Yes,
0: yeah, I think so. I, I, I had three categories written down, but I love that. That's a fourth category. I agree. Don't, don't long for the game of yesteryear. It's okay if you sprinkle in certain things, but let's move this thing forward. Let's talk about the game that it is right now. You know, when I played, we wouldn't have pulled a pitcher in a spot like this. Yeah. Who
5: cares, dude? <laughs> We would have laid down a bunt. Well, sure. the game was better, <laughs> Rob. what? I, but, I, I
3: mean, the game was better. Come on.
0: No. No. It wasn't. <laughs> the, the game has flaws now, but come on now. Uh, so I, the, the boxes I want checked are, are you insightful? Are you are you teaching me something? So I'm with Judd on that one. Another one is, do you have chemistry with the play-by-play announcer? Because this isn't like the NFL where there's only 16 games and, and they rotate announcers because it's a national slate of games. You're strapped in for 162 plus spring training and ideally postseason. You might actually, if you watch all the Twins games, you might get like 180 baseball games or more. And that's a lot of play-by-play guy and color commentator. And so if I'm going to get 57 and with playoffs, maybe uh, more Justin Morneau, I need chemistry. And I thought him and Dick Bramer had really good chemistry last year. And it's a credit to Dick Bramer because I think toward the end of the the Dick and Burt run, and they're still going to do 30 games together. It just kind of felt like these guys have been doing the same thing for for 20 years. They need to freshen it up. So I think Justin's presence has actually made Dick Bramer come alive a little bit in the last couple of years. But the third category is, do you refer to fielding percentage? And if you do, I'm out on you. I hate <laughs> announcers that talk about fielding percentage in 2020 as if it's a meaningful thing. It's a, it's, it's a quirk of mine, I know, but like... Well, this uh, left fielder has only made two errors on the season. Yeah, but, like, he moves like a brick with wheels. He has not caught a fly ball in the gap Josh Willingham was a Stop good fielder, and, about you, it.
3: and you can't wrap your head
0: around that. Yeah, it looks like Josh Ryan, Willingham was fantastic. Ryan Domit in right field this season has only one error and a fielding percentage of nine ninety seven. Like, yeah, and he doesn't move from his hula hoop range. <laughs> so uh, don't talk about fielding percentage. Are you insightful, and do you have chemistry? Those are all boxes I think that the Justin Morneau checks. So good for him. Fifty-seven
3: games for for Justin Morneau. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though, Phil, if he is some type of baseball ops guy at some point. Yeah, I think so. So I have He's a smart baseball guy.
0: I've had some conversations with him just sort of behind the scenes on media and stuff. And mm-hmm. he, does, I think, what what is stopping him a little bit from going all in on anything is I think I think him and his wife have like four or five kids, and he likes being around and hanging with his kids, and so he loves doing the media thing. I don't know if he'd ever commit to 150 or 160 games and a bunch of road trips, but um, I, I think media might be the path for him. I really do. I think he likes being kind of a consultant for the Twins, uh, You know, go to spring training, and he was working with Miguel Sano like last week, uh, according to to Derek Wetmore. So, But I don't know. I think he would be, if he decided to go to the front office, I think he'd be great because he connects well with players. People respect him. He's smart. He can teach. So if he picks that path, it would be a benefit to the Twins too. You guys want to hit a break here and uh, come back with some cram session? Let, oh, let, cram let, session let time! Judd, let Judd hang with the chirping birds in Fort Myers, Florida. They're
5: dragging
3: go. the fe- they're they're watering the infield and dragging the warning track right now. This is baseball at its best.
5: Have we approached anybody with the Twins about me being on the grounds crew for a day?
0: I, thought I we're can do gonna, it down here if I you'd thought, like. I thought we were going to approach the Saints, but we can approach both. Well, like. we, oh, we no, we were, I mean, we do miss
5: that. He doesn't want to do the Saints I didn't first. say I don't want to, man. Stop he thinks they too small time That's for not him. what I said. That is not at all what I said. You're misrepresenting. I don't think misquoting. You said John, you, you said want to go right to the big leagues, Rami. Yeah. You said. I heard it. You said what you want to go right to the
3: big leagues. is that
5: the Saints are great, fine organization, College. And I would love to be a part of their grounds
3: crew, Phil. But Phil, just is like, this not condescending, Judd? Right there? No, that's so but condescending. This, is, I, I think the Saints are fantastic, and the little things they do are great. No, <laughs> not, that's not at all what I'm saying. All <laughs> I said—that'd be cool, was that. man. I'd like to, to see that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Condescending, Judd. Just like <laughs> that's right, man. Just like that's
5: the guys right. who go out and play for the Saints, they want to be in the show, man. They want to get to the big leagues. That's where I'm at. I want to be in the show. If I can jump straight to the show, a la LeBron. Or Kevin Garnett. Uh, well, what makes? Why it, wouldn't I do it?
0: They wouldn't let you be part of their mascot hunt. That's true. They ghosted us on that. Completely ghosted us on that. Why don't
5: well, you? Because
3: Romney's too small.
0: Yeah, there was discrimination. That's true. Involved
3: actually. as Randy Newman said, short people.
0: <laughs> uh, we need to hear from insincere <laughs> Judd since we've talked about it. You can find Matthew Collar on fifteen hundred espncom the Purple Podcast, and also now Saturday Sports
3: Talk. Yes, you ten guys, to noon uh, with uh, with me. Lots of fun, Matthew. Lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> all in right so there.
5: I was all in right That's a guy there. who just can't wait to work yeah. on a Saturday. Can't wait to get to work oh, on a Saturday. Oh, Rami,
3: you know how great it is to crush beers on Friday and wake up at oh, 9 on man. Saturday for a yep. show that starts at 10? Oh, can't wait,
5: Judd. Man. Can't wait.
0: All right, cram session when we come back here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd down in Fort Myers, Florida. We're about two minutes away from breaking coronavirus news that Rami has uncovered. It's culinarily, culinarily driven, culinary related. It's food related. But let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a brief moment here. The best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. There are two main reasons why my family and I have been going to the same place for 30 plus years, myself for about 16 years. The people in the cars, the people are very friendly. They're knowledgeable. They explain things very clearly to those of you like me who don't really know that much about cars and are okay admitting that. Uh, That's why I lean on the people in that service department to give an honest assessment when it comes to things that I need done with my vehicle or to give me the latest updates on technology and safety features. And the cars themselves are some of the most durable vehicles in the world. They come with state-of-the-art safety features to keep you and your family, loved ones protected, and built-in technology that essentially turns your car into a smartphone with Apple CarPlay and Toyota's own Entune system. You can stop in, open until 9 o'clock tonight, corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and Luther Brookdale, Toyota.com.
1: Jonathan here with the Score North download. Be there for the conclusion of the Fastenal Parallel 45 Winter Festival on Tuesday, March 17th for the 2020 Cross Country Ski World Sprint World Cup Sprint Finals featuring the best cross-country skiers in the world. For ticket information, please visit mnworldcup.com. If you missed the beginning of the show and missed the reckless, absolutely reckless speculation from Diana Rossini on Get Up This Morning, it's set off the beginning of the show. Here's a replay of it that reckless speculation.
4: I, I think there's another quarterback that's going to be on the market soon that the 49ers are going, to, are going to want to take a look at, and he's in Minnesota right now. I think we all know the history between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. This is something that's been going on for years. I've never seen somebody want a quarterback as bad as Kyle Shanahan has, and, and it was a deal that almost happened, too. Kyle, uh, Kirk Cousins almost wound up with Kyle in San Francisco. It did not, uh, and I, I think they're waiting for that deal to, to, to wrap up maybe even a trade. We don't know that that could actually that happen, but these are things that are on the table.
1: You can podcast that first hour here in just about 25 minutes when this show gets posted to scorenorth.com, Score North mobile app, Apple, and Spotify and anywhere you find your podcast. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd Rami.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. We got Judd down in Fort Myers, Florida covering Twin Spring Training and we are in studio here, Rami and myself, the TCL Studios. We'll get to cram session in just a moment, but we got to throw it to the coronavirus update desk, yes. where Rami Makloff has some breaking developments. The Joe. threat
5: level has reached critical mass, Judge <laughs> Zolgad, because MGM what? Resorts will stop operating their buffet service at seven properties in Las Vegas amid coronavirus concerns. The buffets at Aria, Bellagio, MGM Grand, Mandalay Bay, the Mirage, Luxor. And Excalibur will be closed dude, starting Sunday. That MGM Grand Buffet is no joke. This may be the end of buffets as we know it, guys. People are talking... Stay uh, strong, America. Stay p- strong. People are talking about the fact that, you know, these leagues may be dipping their toes in the water of not letting reporters behind the closed doors of a locker room. This may be the new norm. Buffets you know what, may be a do? thing of the past, gentlemen.
3: If the buffets aren't open in Vegas, the NFL draft's over. Don't have it. I don't know if I disagree
0: with Judd on this one. Don't do it. Buffets in Las Vegas are amazing. I've never been to Vegas, but I'm a big fan of a buffet.
1: I haven't You've never been to Vegas? Wait, hold on. No. You've been to the gentlemen's clubs, but you've never been to Vegas.
5: (laughs) Yeah, man. There's a gentleman's club like wherever you are, there's one within a few hours within a an hour.
3: Gentlemen's Club, such a great term.
0: As if it has anything to do with gentlemen.
3: I am a well behaved gentleman. Hey, I've got a $15 bills here. What should I do with them? Because <laughs> I'm a gentleman.
0: Oh, it looks like you've got a uh, strap to hold these $15 $1 bills. <laughs> Let's let's put them right here for now.
5: Fifteen. that's what all, That's all you're going to the script club with? Is fifteen, 15 <laughs> singles? What kind of night are you trying Listen, to have, Listen, Mister Mister Upstanding Gentleman, late. how many how many individual one dollar bills would you recommend going with? I mean, a pretty. I mean, a more si- than fifteen. Bad choice of words here, but a
3: sizable wad of cash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm out. Uh, you you just got tomorrow's opening soundbite, Rami. Congratulations. Let's
0: go to Cram Session. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. On the season so far, Judd Zolgan has racked up six victories, I have racked up two, and Rami has racked up one. This is the segment where Jonathan asks us three questions and then gives us a point based on which answer he likes the best. And thank you to loyal listener Marcus, who's kept track of in-depth cram session, statistics, and sabermetrics and analytics, like this one, for instance. Did you guys know Judd Zolgad on the season uh, has nine wins and two losses when answering first on various questions.
3: That's unbelievable. The analytics are incredible. Judd's
0: in-depth right there. Is a great leadoff hitter. And uh, I think we should let Judd lead off this one. I was going to say, we shouldn't let Judd lead off at all anymore. But I guess that's how you
5: do it. You know know why? Because I'm speedy.
3: Because I'm I'm really speedy. I get down the line quick. That's right. I set the table. And then you guys come up and knock me over.
0: All right, Jonathan. What's question number one?
1: All right, boys. I've created a travel company for you, but we're not going to destinations. We're going to times. You can go back in time to any historic sports moment. That's what my travel company does for you.
0: Does your travel company sanitize the seats yes. and things?
1: Completely okay, safe, completely we'll clean. Make sure. right. We take you back sure. in time. Because so if we, sure we took is.
5: coronavirus back to, like, the 1600s, <laughs> it would It'd just that would, that would just be the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: So... Which Minnesota sports moment are you going back in time to watch live? Do you want me to go first?
3: Yeah, leadoff man. <laughs> All right. I gave this Baseball, great thought. Baseball man. <clears throat> I gave this great thought as I'm standing in the batter's box. Come on, pitcher. Uh, I am going to go with Super Bowl Four, Jonathan Harrison. Vikings, Chiefs, Tulane Stadium, New Orleans. Vikings' first Super Bowl appearance, it was only, as I just said, the fourth Super Bowl game. And I can only imagine, despite the fact they lost that game, the excitement about what was to come for this franchise, which, what, at that time, they're like 11 years into their existence, at which point you think, they're going to win several Super Bowls. They're going to just, you know, they're going to win a couple Super Bowls in the next few years. They're going to, And I would have loved to have seen the air of anticipation at that game, to be at that game, from Vikings fans. For something that this franchise remarkably still has not accomplished and how much different it, it must have felt. Because I've basically throughout my life now of following the Vikings, always been around the woe is us, something's gonna go wrong. I guess it started in nineteen seventy five with the um, with the Hail Mary pass to mm-hmm. Drew Pearson. But you and Phil's seen this his entire life. He he's had no respite from something's going to go wrong, someone's going to miss a kick, somebody's going to screw up. And for the Vikings just to be in a Super Bowl and the excitement that existed at that time, I'd love to know what that felt like.
1: So you want to go back to the very birth of the Seeds of Doubt for Minnesota sports.
3: Yeah, but I mean, okay. at that point in time, you're probably like, there's no seed of doubt. There's, they, they think it's too bad that they lost, but it's a Super Bowl, too. You're you're in a game. The last time this team qualified for Super Bowl, I was seven years old. I barely remember any of that game, and I certainly didn't care that much. So I would have just liked to seen what Viking fan then early on thought.
0: So I, I my answer, there's, there's probably a lot of people listening that were at this game or were... Were part of that moment, but I was two years old in 1987 when the Twins won their first World Series, and it was that
3: pretty w- great. Yeah, it was good. That was also like if, was you, if
0: you count if you if you just count Timberwolves, North Stars at the time, and Vikings, uh, there were no championships among those three franchises or the Twins at that point. We, we can we can sometimes thump our chests about the Minneapolis Lakers, but that just feels sort of fraudulent. But that was the first real championship in. What thirty or forty years in uh, the state of Minnesota? So, I know the Gophers had some success about twenty-five years before that in the early nineteen-sixties. But I just want to know, and, and I think it'd be a similar feeling. Now you go through a twenty-five-plus year stretch of no championships. What does it feel like as a fan base when you finally get that release and you get to? Do you want to know? You're on a champion. So, yes. Do you want to know? Because yes. it was
3: awesome. It was. It was so cool. It was. When when Gaetti threw the ball to Herbeck, and that place went absolutely apoplectic. As much as I hated the dome, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah,
0: wish I wish I knew the feeling. Oh. wish I knew the
3: feeling. I'm Sorry, th- I didn't take you. I'm going to think outside
5: the box on this one, guys. You're both talking about games, moments in sports in the in the history of Minnesota sports. I would like to because I've seen games in person. Granted, never a championship game like you guys are talking about. If I could. From a safe distance or in a safe setting, witness the collapsing of the Metrodome roof from inside that building. To actually watch a building implode and fall in on itself from, again, a safe setting, a safe distance, but inside that building... Who has ever who's ever gotten the opportunity to see something almost like that almost like a National
0: Geographic or a, like like yeah. a, like an IMAX theater kind of a deal like
5: a still yeah. active building that that they were planning on mm-hmm. playing football games in in the I coming season just fell in on itself like that doesn't that doesn't happen anywhere ever to witness that would be witnessing like a once in a lifetime moment
1: I didn't even think about that as an answer but I kind of like that answer. I want to see the destruction. There we go. Yeah. You're going to get the point here. My God. hey outside the box, but I like it. Thank you. And I wasn't going to give the point to Judd after he bragged about seeing what it's like to win oh, a championship. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It was fantastic. It.
3: I was 17. It was fantastic. Keep bragging. Saw another one shortly thereafter. <laughs> Keep bragging. Still more since questions said,
1: left. Sorry, Judge. Oh, you know what? Go United. Go <laughs> Loons! All right. So the trade for Al Michaels... ESPN now seems like it's going to be off. As NBC said, it's not going to happen.
0: Well, that might just be the first stage of negotiations, yeah, too, right? Be.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully we get Al Michaels and ESPN. So now that ESPN is left looking elsewhere, who is best to pair with Peyton Manning now that Al is out? Why are they the best?
0: So I, I'll go first here. They haven't landed Peyton Manning yet, by
5: no, the way. I have that.
1: Okay. But okay. All right. No, okay. I'm just theoretically. saying I just that. wanted to make sure Peyton I didn't miss Peyton Manning's your guy. Yep.
0: But if you're Peyton Manning, you're probably also <laughs> waiting to find out who they put you with, right? right? To some yeah. extent, you're like you're not just going to say yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's uh.
1: Joe Tessitore.
0: Yeah, like it's just some random guy that you're with. So you guys might laugh at this. Actually, Judd might laugh at this. Rami might strongly agree with this. I'm looking for someone who can get the most out of Peyton Manning. And so I'm looking for someone who's curious, Mm -hmm. who sets up former athletes very well on TV, and somebody who has a proven track record of success when paired with former athletes. Mike Greenberg would be my Monday Night Football play-by-play guy with Peyton Manning, even though he is not a traditional play-by-play man. I think he's a pro, and I think he could get the most out of Peyton Manning for Peyton's first foray into three-hour football games where he's it's a, it's a different space. Like You have to be entertaining for three hours. and Mike Greenberg does it on Get Up. Mike Greenberg does it uh, on the radio or did it for, what, 20 years with Mike Golick? So Mike Greenberg would be my outside-the-box pick. I think the answer is obvious,
5: and I don't know why this guy isn't in the discussion when we talk about prime-time NFL announcers, wherever it may be. How is Kevin Harlan, Harlan not in these discussions? How is this even a thing that Kevin Harlan isn't mentioned in the same breath as the Al Michaels and the Mike Tiricos and the Joe Bucks of the world? The guy is the absolute best in the business. As far as yeah, football I, announcers I don't are concerned, I don't, I don't understand why we haven't heard his name attached to some of these high-profile jobs that are getting thrown around right now in the sports announcer world.
3: Um, I love him, too, and I, I think that he should definitely be a number 1 NFL announcer. But you know what? If NBC is going to drag their feet and Al Michaels is going to remain their man, then I want ESPN to trade for its old guy and get the best, as far as I'm concerned, the best play-by-play guy potentially in football who's not doing it, too, not Kevin Harlan, Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico, trade him back to ESPN, ABC, put him back in the booth. Mike Tirico and Peyton would be absolutely fantastic. It's As a sports fan, I don't think that I am uh, pushing the envelope here by saying it's embarrassing that Mike Tirico does not have a weekly platform to call games on, and I know he's supposed to wait, but Al Michaels, how many of these guys like him – are like, I'm going to retire after that. Ah, you know, it'll be after next year. No, no, I'm going to retire. And they keep going. And Al Michaels, that's fine. But Kev- but for Mike Tirico not to have the chance to be calling games on a weekly basis, and a lot of the people in this league who are, I want Mike Tirico back with Peyton Manning. It'd be great.
1: There was really only one answer I was looking for here, and Rami said it. Kevin yeah. I want that there man we on we Monday go. Night Football on TV. Give me the so, W. Rami's getting the win here today. But oh, Rami, we still have, th- go for the we still have one more question. Left it. Good. During the offseason, Minnesota United traded away a player many considered their best attacking player in Darwin Quintero, and they've done all they've done to open the season is score eight goals in two games. Which Minnesota team would perform better if they got rid of their consensus best player?
0: Ooh. Robbie.
5: Rami? That's well, a tough one.
1: I mean, you guys could give me a good question if you want.
5: Carl Anthony Towns. It wouldn't count. It's really not that <laughs> oh, tough. Wouldn't... Carl Anthony Towns. They were a better basketball team with Gorgie Jang at center okay. than they were with Carl. No! Okay. Look, the statistics bear it, Do it. out. Do it, the Do it. The statistics bear it out, okay? I'm Move it hold you. Over. Look, Look, you can argue hold with over. facts.
3: We got a runner.
2: Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. <laughs> You can argue with the data if you want. And look, Step I know out
5: of
0: your vehicle.
3: Carl, hey, Anthony, Phil?
5: Carl Anthony Towns, better basketball player than Gorgie Jang. I'm not saying he's not, okay? But whatever it was, oh you can look at the numbers. They were a better basketball team. Hey, hey, Gorgie Jang was on the court as hey, Rami. compared to Carl Anthony Towns. Look at the record. Look at defensive efficiency. I
3: got my hot take night stick out. You want to keep going? <laughs> Just telling you. <laughs> hey, officer, if you don't like data, that's your problem. Sorry I broke your window. My hot take nightstick.
0: Go ahead. This is one of those deals where like, you don't even have to... You, Rami, we pull him out of the vehicle. We don't even have to give him the uh, like the walk a straight line test. I'm not like, saying... You, you, guys smell mis- it. you guys
5: are misunderstanding. Just get in, in the back of the squad You car. guys are misunderstanding <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm not saying Gorgie Jang is a better Cuff'em. basketball player. Cuff'em. I'm not saying I can explain it. I'm just telling you the Timberwolves were better when Gorgie Jang was on the court as compared to Carl Anthony Towns for whatever reason. Might not be Carl Anthony Towns' fault, but the question was, which Minnesota team would perform better if they got rid of their consensus best player? We saw it. We done seen it. Without Carl Anthony Towns and Gorgie Jang in there actually playing a little bit of defense, they were better. I just want they the, were judge, better. the
0: judge to have all the info here. Okay. Yep.
3: I feel like your answer was fine until you then elaborated. The Timberwolves have actually so started driving.
0: The Timberwolves have actually done this without Carl Anthony Towns for several weeks, and I think they've won like three games. Just
3: I'm fine without Gorgie Jang though. I can, they didn't have Gorgie Jang. I can drive. Where's the Gorgie Mobile? I ain't Gorgie Jang. Great yeah, player. All right,
0: because I think outside the box. All right. Well, my answer. My answer. Jeez. <laughs> My answer is Kirk Cousins. Don't make an audiogram out of this, by the way, because I'm not serious. The quarterback is the most... Oh, <laughs> oh right I had already written it down.
1: That's being cut for an audiogram.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, You're right. just going to be the guy. We're going to take all of his stuff out of context when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns and the Wolves. Just send it to all the Wolves bloggers. Just bury Robbie. They love me. <laughs> It's amazing So, Kirk Cousins is The most influential position on the Vikings Quarterback, he put up a career season 4,500 yards, and I think If you took him off the team, and and, and I've said this for two weeks on the show And just put a cheaper option in and made the team Better around that cheaper option, the Vikings Would be better as a franchise, Judd, what's your answer?
3: I had cat written down and cousins, but you guys took them, and so I feel like those would be boring. And so I'm going to give you a third option from the Viking or a second option from the Vikings, and I'm going to go back to our conversation earlier in today's show, and I'm going to say Daniil Hunter because if you could pull off the trade Collar talked about and get me the second overall pick from Washington, then you know what I'm going to tell Daniel: you've done a great job, and we developed you into a great player, but you're being traded because I can now get the second overall pick and take Tua. And that's going to answer my quarterback problems. So I will say, Daniel Hunter.
1: I'm going to agree with Phil here. The Vikings and Kirk Cousins yes! just put a cheaper option in there and put good tools around him. They'll be better,
3: but not enough to thwart off Rami Maklov. <laughs>
1: I should have swept the whole thing. Right? Yeah, you kept going down that quarterback take, take. You're going to lose all the points. I feel
3: like you got the win and then just completely went just hot posted. take mail in it's possible, <laughs> which I think is an insult to the judge, which should be remembered next Tuesday. <laughs>
1: Judd's playing the long game here. He is <laughs> literally the long game. He is. Hey,
3: <laughs> la- last two minutes of the show. What do you
0: guys think of Barry Bonds telling the Athletic that Major League Baseball essentially gave him quote a death sentence? That's what they've given me. If they don't want me, just say you don't want me and be done with it. Just what? be done with it. They Barry don't Bonds. Want him. Barry Bonds not happy that he has been uh, essentially blackballed from. Now he is still on the Hall of Fame ballot. The Baseball Writers Association. He needs 75% to get into the Hall of Fame. He's at 62% with two years left on the ballot. Should baseball uh, still be stiff-arming Barry Bonds? Wait, wait. Just to be clear, we're supposed to feel sorry for him?
5: Well, he wants you to feel sorry for him, Judd. He just did an interview with The Athletic to try and garner
0: sympathy.
3: Okay, so when the Astros thing is going down, Okay, the reason why we shouldn't feel sorry, Yeah, yeah, this is why when you're totally tone-deaf as a human being, you don't deserve any empathy or sympathy.
0: He said, I feel like a ghost, a ghost in a big empty house just rattling around. My heart, it's broken, really broken, end quote. Mwah. Well
5: Perhaps that's you the should entirety. have
3: a jerk to people when you were playing with yeah, That's
0: the entirety of what I have to say to
5: Barry Bonds. Wow I mean, seriously, dude, you, you really think you're going to get sympathy from people now? After yeah. not only did you cheat, defiantly denied it despite a mountain of evidence, sued people over it. Treated people like garbage, whether they were talking about PEDs or not, and now because your, your Hall of Fame campaign is on its last legs, you come out with this, which is as transparent as it could possibly be, what you're trying to do here? Like, look, man, I forgive. It's just baseball at the end of the day. I hope Barry Bonds is a good person. I hope he's a good dad, a good husband if he's still married, whatever the case might be. I'm willing to forgive and move on and let this guy live his life, but if he's looking for sympathy or to work his way back into the hearts of baseball fans, cry me a river.
0: You know what he needs? He needs to put a white sweater on, like uh, Alex Rodriguez, and do uh, funny videos with J Lo on social media. That's how you go from steroid user to being loved again. Take the A Rod path.
3: That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. So yeah, all right, go check out Judd's stuff on ScoreNorth.com down in Fort Myers. He's also part of a new episode of the Score North Twin Show. We'll see you guys tomorrow for write-that-down predictions on Mackie and Joe with Rami.